Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hello, I'm Kelvin Cheetle from Capsticks. Welcome to the fourth and final edition of our podcast discussing the NHS workforce of 2020. Today, our guest is Deborah Tarrant. Deborah is the current president of HPMA and has a national voice for the HR community in the NHS. Deborah is also an active workforce director in the NHS, currently being director of people for Barking, Havering and Redbridge University Hospitals Trust. Deborah, welcome. Nice to see you. Hello, Kelvin. It's very great to be here. Thank you. First question, really, uh, trying to look at the workforce of 2020 is to get your view on how you think the workforce agenda is going to play out. Can you tell our audience your general thoughts on the workforce of 2020? Will it be very different to that that we see today, in your opinion? So that's a very interesting proposition. So I think there are a number of factors to consider in answering that question. The nuclear models and devolution, etc., are still at very early stages. And as you'd expect any good workforce director to say, is the workforce strategy and the roles and the people agenda has to follow the patient, has to follow in the clinical and service and system strategies. So any transformation will take longer than 2020. However, the main point I'd like to emphasise is that um, it is all about our people. The workforce of the NHS are the people that deliver the care to our patients um, and our communities. That's our business. That will never change. Um, you know, we may see more technology. We might see different ways of working and hopefully a population that are embracing more self-managed care, especially with long-term conditions and more understanding of the kind of services and where they should access them. But um, at the end of the day, the impact about what the workforce will look like um, we'll follow that, but in essence, people are our service hearts. Um, so what I think must be different is the way we lead and manage our people. Um, and we must equip our, equip our leaders and managers to do that well so that they can engage our people. So engagement's at the heart of everything. So whatever the change may be and whatever we need to do, if we're engaging our people, um, we'll, we know in the NHS that engagement's the best predictor of patient mortality, absenteeism, efficiency, quality, um, and patient satisfaction. So that's what we really need to focus on. Taking your cues there, really, about these changes not being quick fixes, they're, they're going to take time to work through the system, some of them are very complex, and the focus on leadership and empowerment. What can the workforce director in their local trust do to bring about some of those changes because I guess if you spoke to the HR directors of 20 years ago, leadership was pretty high on their agenda. So what, what is it about today that makes this set of changes a bit different to that that we've seen before? Yes, good people management, good leadership was always part of core HR business. I think though that that's been forgotten somewhere along the right line in the NHS and I'm, I'm concerned about especially some of the, the um, absolutely agree about some of the collaboration and with the STP work that we consolidate and we provide services efficiently but I think 
sometimes the semantics and sometimes the, the, the terminology and role model is really important because we may be in danger of losing that if people talk about HR services. So I guess that's a personal view and thing we need to watch. Um, but the leadership is absolutely critical and I think the role of the workforce people director is that they must um, enable their colleagues on the ball table to understand that's critical of that, to provide the expert services and knowledge and access to the tools and support to get that leadership right in the organisation. Um, I guess if we had a dozen workforce directors in the room and you ask them the number one problem they have, workforce supply, uh, recruitment retention will be somewhere near the top. Um, and there's been massive pressure on bank and agency spend and trying to control that, as you know, I'm sure in your own trust mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. um, do we need more levers in the, in the labour market to influence that? Or do we need to work a bit smarter than that at the local level? So again, I think it is about working smarter um, it is a complex environment. I think it's very dangerous to talk about increasing pay. Um, so there is a view that if we give better pay rates, we get more substantive staff. But we need to be realistic about what the labour market is. So there are, is only a finite amount of people that are trained um, in the areas that are hard to recruit. And especially if I think about my trust, um, one of our key issues is the, is the um, emergency department workforce specifically medical, we can't just um, conjure them out of thin air and we could pay them all the money there is that will not necessarily solve the problem. Um, I think there is an issue and we potentially need to look at more collectively what the incentives would be to control, and I, it is control the agencies. If we, uh, if we imp increase our pay rates, um, we've seen this year upon year. I remember this 10 years ago when there was a huge hype in agency and, and, and um, staff moving to work on agency, is that they will just escalate their fees. Um, so we just need to be very clever about that. I think some of the levers that have been put in place, whilst are challenging from a trust perspective and operationally deliver services, those caps um, for uh, agency rates have at least focused attention. We've had some inroads with that, but you know, when you're a director on call and you get the call that says, can we go a framework because we have not enough doctors and we're worried about safe care, you know, that's a really difficult situation to be in. And at the end of the day, the safety and the quality of care to patients comes first. So for me, our local work is very much based on if you attract people, give them a good onboarding experience. It's basic HR, people management, managers treating them with the respect, skills and tools to do the job and giving them the flexibility. How, how do we get employers and staff so to work together better to implement some of these flexibilities that you're, you're, you're talking about? Um, because clearly it's one thing having a, a very flexible approach and localism, but you need to carry people with you to deliver those changes. How do you think that might be approached going forward? We need to make sure that fundamentally we have true conversations, open conversations with people around the table, um, right, right at the shop floor, if you like, so the people actually doing the jobs around what is the local organisation's vision and mission. And, and 
hoping that they're engaged with the vision and mission and we find a way to work with them. Um, it's quite difficult to do that when there are national issues going on um, and fundamentally people don't like change. So I think challenge is always managing change, isn't it? So it goes back to the first basics of understanding where they're coming from, what their concerns are. But we have a huge, i trust, a huge range of initiatives that we're trying to engage people with from, you know, the conversations we have at, about expectations on our corporate welcome, to meet the chief exec sessions, breakfast with the boss, our core briefing, um, and trying to have local conversations with staff side. Um, and, but I do think our staff side organisations and, and unions um, need to be supported from the centre because there's a different level of skill and ability. Okay. So trying to upskill them and move them to a modern way of partnership working is, is something that I think some of us feel is very important to enable change and development of our organisations going forward. What's it like being a workforce leader in a, in a trust in special measures? By definition, it's quite a small population. Uh, what's the challenge? Okay, so the challenge is huge, um, not to be underestimated. I mean, it's, it's quite difficult to describe or for people to appreciate it, you know, unless people walk in your shoes. Um, I have to say, though, for those of us that are driven by challenges, it's a, I think it's a very privileged position to be in um, because you can make inroads quite quickly if you know what good, good looks like. And sometimes it comes down to the basics about understanding what the issues are um, and getting people behind you. But having said that, it's a long journey. So um, rapid turnaround, um, I've done some of that work before. You can improve some, um, some parts of the governance and some parts of the way the organisation is structures and systems. Um, that's kind of the easy bit to do. The biggest challenge is obviously coming back to the people. So if we don't put in place the conversations, the leadership support, um, and then it comes down to that piece around uh, what is it about. And undeniably, it is about culture. And changing culture, should you actually change culture or do you change the climate or the environment in which people are able to work? So yeah, huge challenge, big journey, and we've still got a long way to go. On top of that, you're the current president of HPMA. What role do you think HPMA uh, can play in shaping up this workforce agenda for 2020? Is it an influencer? I do believe we have an important part to play in influencing that workforce agenda and transformation, but primarily um, it's in the title of people management. Um, so it's about improving people management for the NHS. Um, so I suppose in the first year, like all good organisations, we've focused on what is our mission and vision and what, what are we really here to do um, and making sure we're well led. I think we're clearer that, yes, with the voice of Workforce HR, people within the NHS and healthcare organisations, but it's more about influencing and opening people up to the questions rather than almost having statements on policies or the kind of national um, agenda and shaping up how we do that, um, skilling up our people um, 
how they work as teams, asking the difficult questions, and how we unlock that energy and passion and compassion. But it will be really interesting how we can now shape and influence collectively, because I think it is about working in partnership with whether it's NHS employers or with NHS England, a leadership academy. I think there's space for all of us. It is about how we influence the management of one million plus people in the NHS. Deborah, thanks very much for your time today and sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you very much. So this episode with Deborah Tarrant concludes our series of podcasts on the Workforce 2020. And it's been fascinating and a privilege to talk to the four workforce leaders about this topic. First off in this series, we heard from Dean Royals, and it was fascinating to hear him talk about engagement, localism, and the need to be innovative with the workforce and growing your own. There's a, a growing appreciation of the importance of staff engagement to achieve real and sustainable change. You know, so can you take uh, people on that journey uh, with you rather than uh, relying, if you like, on a top-down uh, approach. Secondly, we heard from Lord Warner, and clearly Norman Warner brought a very different perspective, having been a government minister. He talked about the need for trusts and workforce leaders developing their own solutions. I think there is still a culture in the NHS where people look upwards for permission, and we're past that point now. People have got to take responsibility locally. There's got to be local leaders who can actually engage with people and try to discuss with them the benefits of working in different ways. And thirdly, we talked with Danny Mortimer to try and understand his contemporary view of the national scene. You can't start that kind of development of a new way of working and a new way of delivering services by looking at contracts first. That's the wrong place to start, actually. You have to start with the vision for services. And finally, to hear from Deborah Tarrant, a workforce director and the current president of HPMA. So the themes that bind all the four interviews together are that we're on a journey. It's a complex and dynamic journey. The world around us is changing at an extraordinary pace. Localism, engagement, incremental change, and trying to bind those together to create the workforce of 2020 really sets our agenda as workforce leaders going forward. Thank you very much for listening.